0: In the world of CM Punk. Big smile on his face. No doubt. What a big week for you. So why are they the bell? What's the
1: problem?
2: Uh, it's Eddie Kingston here in the background. What,
0: what is so funny? What is so funny? I know you. Don't don't play with me. I know you. What is so funny? What is so funny? I do what I want when I have to. I do what I want. I do what I want. I, I, want. I know you don't
3: You want to go to sleep again? I saw what just happened to you. It's unprofessional. I'm disappointed in you. Are we out of time? Yeah, no, we are out of time.
2: I'm sorry about. It. All right, guys, let's go back to you at the desk.
1: The professor
3: Good shit, late to every episode Late so much I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test Bob Rude <laughs>
0: I want to be a podcaster,
1: yay
2: His
3: my name him Kenta, I'm going to call him Kenta Dynamite, drop in
2: Monty That broadcasting school is really paying off for you <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton Oh my god, mine just stopped recording No, we're good, we're still recording
3: What a dick Come with me! I'd cease and desist me I just see this hits me hard.
2: I need a minute to recover off that.
3: What kind of game is it? War
2: games.
1: a war. War
3: games. you are impressions. I uh, Yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark like a dog.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh! 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 Jinx! Holy shit! How did that actually happen?
1: Here we go.
2: thirsty. I used to get dehydrated as a kid. One time it got so bad my piss came out like snot. I'm not kidding, it was all thick and gooey. Fuck, I'm recording. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Top of Wrestling Podcast. It's Wednesday and you know what that means, the Professor Mark Fantasia, the Doc ODM Joe Rizzo. We're here to bring you top wrestling, top topic, top news, a lot of good shit. And... I am ready because, you know, we talk movies and we talk wrestling. Come on, you know that I didn't really piss snot as a kid. Maybe I did. But last week, it was... Or whatever. That was Cousin It saying Adam's Family 1 and 2. I think it was a good shot at that. But you know that every week... We're here on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And the show don't get started until we have ODM by our side, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, man?
0: Give me the fucking keys, you cocksucker motherfucker!
2: Uh, give me the keys, I cocksucker. I so happy
3: to see this movie. <laughs> well, it was your
2: idea, actually.
3: Be it, for real. It, it, it was.
2: <laughs> it, it, it is your. It was your call on this movie, and hey, last night was the first time of me ever watching this movie. I had heard people talk about it for years and years, and I'm excited that we're we're giving it a shot. Uh, I had a feeling that's what you're going to go with for your opening line. It, it seemed pretty pretty strong. Did you think I was going with snot?
3: No, no, but that's, that's definitely on my list, but that's great. Uh,
2: so, hey, you know what? <laughs> Two weeks in a row, uh, I don't know his name in real life, but he was in, like, every fucking 90s movie, and he was generally a villain. Uh, in this one, he played a cop last week. Last week, or in this week, last week, he was married to uh, the chick that ends up banging Cousin It.
3: Hmm. Tully.
2: He was Tully in last week's movie.
3: Oh, yes, he was. I don't remember his name either. That's the uh, the cop whose office they use. I'm talking orca Yeah, fat. he's a big fat guy. Kind of like an orca. Orca fat. Or-
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to say it too early, but, man, one of my favorite promos by CM Punk, he kind of references one line in here. I might as well just go ahead and do it right now. It's the... Uh, he, he did it in Ring of Honor when he had everybody on his side, and then he said, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. To hear it in the movie last night, I go, mm-hmm. oh, that's great. That just yep. works out. Well, and like that? Hey, man, this week? Yeah. Like that. Oh. Dude. I figured it out pretty early. Okay. I'll say the twist. In the movie, I figured it out pretty early. But can I ask you a question? Have you ever seen the movie Scary Movie? The one that mocks all the scary movies?
3: Uh, no, I have better things to do with my time.
2: Fair enough. Uh, at the very end, they do a very similar kind of thing with the coffee mug dropping to a leg drag, all that. I mean, like it, it was like almost like they purposely took that, and I'm like, but that's not a scary movie when it comes to this one.
3: Yeah, I guess not.
2: You know what? I start to like the... Uh, this Baldwin, a little more than uh,
3: old Shooter McGavin over there now. Um. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Huh. Oswald was a pussy. <laughs> See how Thank I, I clean it like, up?
1: Don't make me have to I edit this up? thing. <laughs> with... That's
2: funny because old McDonald <laughs> had a farm. <laughs> E-I-E-I-O. And on that farm, he shot some guys. Bada boom, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> he, Yeah, he does get better. This is Stephen Baldwin, correct?
3: Uh, sure, we'll go with that.
2: <laughs> All right, man, let's stop talking movies, at least for this minute. Let's talk news. Only two big things came out of news last week. I'll let you do the first one
3: because, man, that's a, a friend in need. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, Jr. oddly enough, right after uh, his uh, unfortunate skin cancer diagnosis, uh, news has come out that he, uh, it was on his podcast that he discussed this, uh, he is starting a cannabis farm business. Uh, basically, he uh, bought a bunch of land down in Nebraska, and basically he wants to leave his kids something that can help build towards their future while he's still alive. Um, and I guess if that's the route you're going to go, it's, it's a good industry if you got the land, you know, it's, I mean... That it's is just so great. It's a good change. <laughs> it's a good change.
2: Certain quotes are going to forever have to just be with this show. That's one of them.
3: <laughs> Used to be
2: shithouse. It's a good change. Um, Hey, you know what? That makes me feel like I want to start up a farm, like a, like a chicken nugget kind of farm. You know what I mean? Just
3: grow as much as I can. Good for him. I mean, I've got some insight. You know what? I've got some insight actually into that because back when I was picking beans in Guatemala, we used to make fresh coffee right off the trees. I mean, that good. What I got is shit, but, you know, hey, I'm in a podcast <laughs> studio, so. Oh, wow. even turned it into that. Not even the police station. I'm impressed.
2: All right. So that was uh, all the positive news for the week. JR is doing a, a pot farm. Now let's talk about the most interesting part of the entire week that came of course it was pretty much uh like the day that our show drops everything happens to be the day our show drops i think you and i need to maybe fix some. you know what you know, know, you know it's reroute gonna reroute this you know it's gonna happen we change <laughs> yeah. days and then it's
3: just gonna fuck us up even more that's yeah it's true
2: but ring of honor releases a statement And I'm not sure if you have the whole statement on file, ODM, I really don't care if we end up reading the whole thing, because I'm sure you've all heard about it by now, but after Final Battle 2021, this coming December, they're taking the first quarter and rebuilding what is Ring of Honor. And at that time between now and then, and some I believe might be in March due to contracts or whatever. But to me, I'm like, that's your whole first quarter. That is up to March. But all wrestlers are being released.
3: Ugh. Terrible.
2: God. Damn. It sucks. I'm like, I've waited for Impact to do this for so many years. <laughs> and Ring of Honor did it first. Oh, that's I mean, He had a great run too, considering. I mean, everybody that we all love came from there, and I, I, I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, I'm not sure if you heard what Bully Ray said.
3: Uh, I didn't hear what uh, Bully Ray, Ray said. Yeah, I don't. So
2: Bully Ray said their biggest downfall was not signing Cody and the Bucks. Ring of Honor lowballed them. What did they do? They turned around and made AEW. Legitimately, it's what they did. So, I mean. Because remember, all three of them were not at that MSG SuperCard show that WrestleMania weekend, and while it was a great show, everyone was like, "But where are they?" A couple months later, here's uh, AEW and Double or Nothing. So, it. What are your thoughts on this whole
3: thing? Yeah, I mean, there's two things that I want to you know uh, pick about or talk about, and I think one is you know one we're obviously going to have a back and forth on. Uh, The first one is it's time for my crazy conspiracies because I always throw them out there. And it's not even a conspiracy, but it's, it's a talking point, right? It's something that is, I think, has some possibility to it. So it's something we should talk about. And that's... These guys are obviously in financial trouble, right? Their audience is not big enough to sustain. The only difference... Between AEW and Ring of Honor is one, AEW has much bigger name talent, let's be honest. And two, they've got somebody with disposable income. And when I'm talking disposable income, we're talking millions, right? Uh, they, they released everybody from their contract. You know what that says to me? That doesn't just say we, fi- we financially can't sustain this anymore. To me, that says Ring of Honor might just become another WWE brand. Ooh, what do you mean? Kind of like, as in like WWE's going to pick them up? Yeah. Like uh, something similar with progress.
1: Mm. I'm going to w- the opposite. Think about the WWE go- network has
3: access to all of Ring of Honor's archive, which are up to the- sale to the highest bidder. That is a real Who's thing. Who's got more money and who wants it? But, think but look about at the how. The guys
2: m- that are on your. On your roster, who has more former Ring of Honor talent right now on their roster? WWE or AEW? And I'll even give you NXT and all that other shit you have. Most of those guys are in AEW right now.
3: True. But Seth Rollins is in WWE. It'd be best to take
2: the... Sure, fine. You got Seth Rollins and you got Samoa Joe, but you got Punk, Danielson, uh, the Bucks, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, some of the Cody matches. Now... I want you to think about this. One guy that never ever he said he was never going to go to WWE because he knew they were going to be- book him badly, and he stayed true to Impact, stayed true to Ring of Honor. I'm talking about Jay Lethal, he's not going to go there, right? No. He's going to be better off in an AEW. Now I got all the list of the guys who are here. I'm going to just quickly I, I, read them off I, for you. I just want okay, I, I want to
3: interject right. only because that's that's where my assumption or my statement comes from is. You're talking about Jay Lethal won't go to WWE. I, I completely agree with you. They were all released. So if WWE picks up Ring of Honor, they're not picking any wrestlers up. They can designate whoever the they want, and they can say, all right, we'll take you, we'll take you. rest of you are fucked. We're putting our own people in there. Again, I don't necessarily believe that that's what's going to happen. It's just something to think about. But you're right. AEW could take it over, too. But on to the names. My apologies. So, no, that's
2: okay. So I'll tell you what. As let's just go one by one, and if you don't, if you're not really familiar with them, I'm pretty much familiar with everybody on this list. Um, but we'll both say where they think they'll go. We don't have to list it and then go right back through. Let's just go as we go through. Um, Bandito, who is your Ring of Honor world champion right now? A Mexican high flyer. I could see him going AEW AAA or something of that realm i don't think WWE, but what are your thoughts
3: yeah i tend to agree with you i could see him showing up in aew i kind of hope he doesn't because here's the thing with this and uh and with bray wyatt i mean bro that shit's about to pop off like i'm gonna do everything in my power not to miss dynamite or rampage moving forward just because his 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 complete con- uh it's done It's done. So anyway, so so Bandito, I I really hope it's not AEW. Triple A makes sense. Uh, Um, I could possibly see Impact. Wasn't Bandito a part of? Um,
2: I want to say one of the original AEW pay per views.
3: I think he was in one of the Rumbles.
2: Okay. So the next one is Brody King, big guy. I could actually see him doing well in an NXT or WWE, surprisingly.
3: Um, yeah. I, I don't think he would work well in AEW right now. Yeah, I know, and the thing is I don't think they're going to sign him to NXT because uh, WWE's already kind of taken that stance. They're not hiring any indie wrestlers, so I don't think any of these people are going to show up on NXT. No. Dalton Castle is a character...
2: I think he is great with performing. His wrestling, he does have a great collegiate ba- background. Cons- considering we know that from he he is from the Rochester area. Got it. He's another one I actually see going WWE. Maybe that's debatable. The next one I feel is a slam dunk. If you were to take right now, Bray Wyatt, I say take Danhausen and put him right into uh i i think personally put them both into aew put a little more character into that you know who i think would honestly work great personally funny bone but that's just me and you here on the side sure as a fan of some wrestlers but i'm like but um i i see you pumping your arm up and down like you're uh looking for someone to honk a horn you know he's an impact though
3: right are you talking about moose no, 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 I'm talking about Dan. No, you were talking about Dan Housen. That's why I was. Oh, okay. Because I. Oh, okay. That, that umpa down pump. That's actually yeah, moose. Yeah, no, I gotcha. Mo- hey, we'll talk about him later. <laughs> so like Dan Housen, I've heard the stories about, you know, Bray Wyatt saying he would love to, to, to team up with Dan Housen. It's almost weird because Dan Housen is almost a little too over the top. Like Bray can be like really serious and really a mind fucking Danhausen just seems to it has to be completely rebranded rebranding and I don't know that I want that um you know I'll be completely honest man uh, in weekly cornet reference uh they've talked about Danhausen before some people actually uh paid for cameos by Danhausen for Cornet and Great Brian last they were both fucking hilarious he does a line about uh, why do you carry teeth with you? Well, I carry teeth because I pour them into my opponent's mouth and uh, it's technically part of the human body. There's already teeth in the mouth. Uh, therefore, it's uh, not a uh, disqualification. It's fucking hilarious, dude. And and, and Cornette He's... said something. And and I know we, we don't like to go this route, right? Because we don't want people to think we're just mimicking opinions by somebody else. Um, but honestly, I agree with Cornette on this. I'm going to be honest with you, brother. I have not seen Dan Housen wrestle. I have only seen I his have. personality. I don't want to see him wrestle because I don't want it to ruin his character. I just, he I'm is concerned. a
2: very fun clown version of Orange Cassidy. Uh, a guy okay. that can wrestle when it really comes down to it, but uh-huh. it's about the character. Orange sure. can go. All right, man, we, we talk shit about him. We're like, you know, we don't care. But at the end of the day, when he all of a sudden stops putting his hands in his pocket and he starts going fast, you're like, fuck, he actually just went toe-to-toe with Pac. That was awesome. So, to me, it's... That was a good match. It, 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 right? And, and had the right amount of comedy in there. I absolutely still love, to this moment, the rolling back and forth and Pac having to go from one side of the ring to the other. It was it was awesome. Dan Housen can do that. And the more I think about it, maybe he doesn't need to be with a Bray. He could be great on his own as just a one-man thing. And you know what they say, one cannot be betrayed if he has no people.
1: Mm,
3: Threw one in. Not is, even my movie. Bam. Is, is that the one about the hooker with dysentery?
2: <laughs> oh, no, I like that. That was really good. Hey, let me tell you something. I believe in God, and the only thing that scares me is David Arquette winning the world title. <laughs> i forgot about Boom. that one Boom. i forgot about yes that all one. right let's get back into this yeah. now you want to talk about a team that i think would fit 1 million percent beautifully into aew they are your current gcw tag team champions the briscoe brothers yeah bring it on you need to bring a little more Uh, to that tag team division, you bring in dem boys. Come on, man! I, you know me, I'm a huge fan of them. 2002 Ring of Honor originals. They're still there to this date. And if you're gonna close the doors, someone needs to pick them up. WWE will not let them be what they should be. You would have great match between the Usos of them a couple of times, and then gone, just like it's
3: (laughs) FTR versus the Briscoes.
0: Yeah, dude.
3: Just give it to me.
2: Bucks versus Briscoes. Good brothers versus Briscoes. God damn, I would take Jungle Express or Jurassic Express versus them. I mean, Luchas. really. Penta in, in Phoenix versus them. Alright. So, nowhere else do they need to be but AEW. Dragon Lee, kind of in the same boat as Bandito, to be honest with you. Um, I've seen him do a lot of things within New Japan. He's done some in AEW. Most likely going to be somewhere in that realm, and also AAA. But you know what? Maybe they're trying to get a bigger, stronger presence. They are pushing Andrade lately, and who knows? Maybe they may try to get a stronger uh, Mexican presence, or you know what I mean? It, it, who knows? They, they push Sammy Guevara as the Spanish god, so maybe bring in more guys over like uh, Bandito or Dragon Lee, or, how about the Young Bucks best friend? We've been wondering for ages when he's going to show up in Ring of Honor. Now's the time. Flip Gordon, man. I feel like the, the ship has passed. Sailed. Whatever. It's gone on him. I had so much. I We were all behind him so much, and now that he stayed in Ring of Honor, I feel like He's a thing of the past. Kind of like even though Marty Skrull has a lot of shit behind him or whatever, if he didn't have that, I'm like, it's just too late for me, man. I'm over it now.
3: I kind of feel that way with Flip. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, if anything, I'd say if you're going to bring him in, bring him in to turn against the elite and the Bucs. Uh, but if nothing else, you know what? How about at uh, Full Gear? Uh, the Bucks have a match against somebody, and Flip comes out as a one-off looks like he's going to help the books turns on him and cost them the match just as a one off or you could go for a bit with it. i'm cool with that i think that'd be a good thing hey he could be a part of the elite killer squad or
2: what, what's that uh the headhunter thing that uh um, that's pretty much frankie just uh, frankie going.
3: kazarian yeah that's pretty much just it's him.
2: frankie yeah but it's something um all right so you got ray horace put him in with dragon lee and bandito now Here's an interesting one. I see him heading right back to his original stomping grounds, EC3. I see heading back to Impact. If anything, hey, could be a good challenge getting back in there with your current champion. You got Moose. You got other guys in there that he could go with. I don't. I think he's proven he's too stale. Do you know, do you know what happens? Company.
3: Do you know what happens if we keep talking about EC3? Hmm. Fuck your father in the shower and have a snack. Or are we going to go on to the next person?
2: Oh, that's a good one. Wait, what's his name in real life? Pollock, right? Jo- uh, I Pollock always forget or, his no, name. He does a really good... Uh, Columbo. Uh, no, what's his name? The uh, God damn. Not, uh, Christopher Walken. He does like the best Christopher oh, Walken really? impression. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Jay Lethal. I say AEW all the way, if not, New Japan. Oh. I think he would fit extremely well in New Japan.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I can see it.
2: The next guy, just recently, and a part of, uh, I I believe he was a part of Jay Lethal's crew. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Grisham had just recently said, I am now officially putting my name in the hat as a heavyweight contender, which I think we were about to get, you know, him heading into the the matches against maybe Bandito or Rouge, things like that, and it's, you know, but now him, Ring of Honor is gone. Grisham, I could see maybe doing okay in AEW, but to me, it's kind of like Brian Cage. So unless Kenny, or unless uh, John Grisham is going to come in with some real, personality, it's just another big guy who can go, I think Grisham should be going to New Japan.
3: Fair enough. The rest of this list, honestly, looking at it, I see one AEW, one retire, and then the rest, not AEW. I don't care. So we'll blow through
2: this. Uh, Kenny King and Rhett Titus. That's your all-night express. Hey, I'd be okay with them in AEW. I could see them doing some work in New Japan. Most of these are probably going to hit up uh, Impact at the very end here. Um Roosh, I think, going to go back to some AAA stuff, and I don't think we're going to see him anywhere here. I
3: I, I, I was, was sure going to say him in AEW only because Andrade's there.
2: Oh, shit. Now, that would be kind of cool. Okay, I did not think about that. That's the Los Ingobernables. Yeah, LIJ. De... Well, it wouldn't
3: be LIJ. It would be Los Ingobernables. No, it's
2: Mexico. Yeah. Or whatever it was. Yeah. I think it's just low. Um, like PCO out, yeah. is probably the one you're talking about. retiring. <laughs> see, I got to be honest with you. And I think Silas young may be right behind him. Right. Um, yeah. Shane Taylor. I could see going to, to impact. I think he, uh, you know, kind of the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tracy yeah. Williams. Maybe. Yeah. I th- again, all the following Mike Bennett, which, poor Mike, can't kind of fucking... I know, right? Matt Taven and Vincent. And I've already sang the praises of Vincent recently. Vincent, I think, could actually be the one out of the final several that would maybe go to AEW and do a little bit of work because he does have that kick-your-ass style but also has a great... uh, Character and feuding quality. If you watched anything between him and Matt Taven over the last several months, you'll know what I mean, and you'll know that he would be a great fit heading into AEW. Shit, I'd put him and the Briscoes together. They both have that dem boys, I don't wash my clothes ever kind of <laughs> quality. <laughs> um, as, as we've you know said, you know we pivoted halfway through the season. NXT's gone. WWE nothing fun to really talk about so obviously we talk about AEW here did you happen to see the one tweet that came out I'm not sure 100% what it was but only two matches in for the TBS title tournament and it's already more than the entire queen of the ring tournament was the entire Queen of the Ring tournament was, like, 16 minutes in all the matches. Oh. It was, like, 1630 for two TBS title uh, tournament matches for only two so
3: far in the entire tournament for Crown Jewel. Enough said. Right. And and I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's tough. You know, it's it's tough to find time to watch all this shit. So I, I, a lot of what I saw was uh, clips. Uh, but Sheena vs. Steve. That was actually mm-hmm. a pretty goddamn good match. I'm pissed that dude Deeb lost. I'm getting
2: into this. It's a feud
3: with them, dude. Yeah. It's really good. And like I said, I always did everything for Sheeta. She's got to change some things, but she can get there. She can get there. Let's well, look. Well, look what happened with Britt Baker. You can have the same yep. thing happen with Sheeta, and hopefully, Deep can be the one to put her over.
2: And Deeb's a, a pro. I mean, at this point, oh, she's fuck, considered yeah. a veteran. Absolutely, and I think that. Her being a heel, it's going to get Sheeta over in the right way, like you're saying, if she changes up her...
3: Uh, yeah, gimmick. stop with that care, chair you know, spot. Just a little bit. The chair alone spot. Yes. Knock that
2: shit out. Thank you. Um, I want to debate with you. Did you see the ending to Bobby Fish versus CM Punk? <sighs> I did. I did. Um, Mixed reports out there.
3: Yeah, either a The miscommunication- first report
2: is... The, that he was supposed to kick out on the first gts and the ref went right. to 3 right and didn't slow up his thing but at the same point it's the did bobby fish then just not get his arm up in time right do you blame it on the ref or do you blame it on the wrestler Extended the second two. is that bobby fish was miscommunicating and didn't realize that he should have just kept his arm down. So I don't know. It was a weird finish to it. Or,
3: or they're booking it to be like, dude, I almost kicked out of that. I want to rematch and they can extend the feud.
2: You would think so. Okay. But then we go to rampage on wow. Friday night. We'll, yeah. we'll skip and dance around here. As you heard in the opening. Anyway, you heard punk and Kingston going at it because Kingston was pissed off that he lost to Brian Danielson. Uh, he was, Mad that you know the referee, why did anybody call for the bell? You know, because he passes out, but and and passes out a lot. Um, <laughs> maybe he's thinking about sing sing again, but to this again, same thing. Now he starts arguing with punk, so it, I don't think punk and fish are going to keep fighting. So uh, it was a questionable throw the arm up in the air win to me. That's just whatever now. We get MJF quickly defeats Bryce Donovan. I like a good squash match if a guy's going to talk some shit afterwards. I'm Hell loving yeah. this formula that AEW is doing. Great. Hell yeah. Then he starts trolling the crowd because you hear Sting's entrance music, and he acts like, oh, shit, he's coming to kick my ass and payback for last week, and then he just starts laughing because he's messed with the crowd. An old Shawn Michaels routine, which I love. But then both Sting and MJF show up, and now the match is set for full gear um, as both uh, MJF and Wardlow powder after Wardlow takes the thumbtacked skateboard to the back. And if you saw the pictures online later, his back was definitely bleeding from Yeah. It. Nice. Sammy Guevara, as I called and as we said, Retains over Ethan Page, and now they get to name everybody who's going to be in the match tonight. You know, you got Junior Del Santos, all the you know, all the different guys who could be named. I'm telling you, Dan Lambert's
3: one of them. And even more so as to why, the the you don't think it's going to be him? I think what's the girl's name that's in it? Isn't it like Junior Del Santos' wife or something like that? Yeah, but she said, oh, that's true. I, and bet, she she, did I a, bet she's going to be her. Oh shit! What if it's both of them, dude? She she looks like a badass, dude. I want to see what she can do. Put her against huh? Jade. Put her against Jade Cargill and just watch the chaos ensue, <laughs> dude. Call I'm almost match. there
2: for you. Mm. So we'll get to that, but they're gonna get to announce the the names tonight on Dynamite, and in what you kind of referenced already, uh, Sheeta defeats Deeb. So now they're kind of evened on each other because Deeb took that 50th win on Dynamite even though she's walking around with the the trophy like she'd already won I, it prior to that yeah, and then finally won it but, but John Mike, uh, John Mikesley John Moxley bites his way into the uh, semifinals I say that because he bit Preston Vance's head or 10, Dark Order's 10 squash match again Doing some dirty tactics, though, in the last couple of weeks. He's turning. Here's, yeah, I'm seeing it, which I think is going to be great because I think we know it's going to go Moxley-Danielson in the finals. I think Danielson goes over and Moxley turns. I think that's what we're going to get come full gear. Um, but if that's the case, are we going to get an Orange Cassidy squash? Is he going to be the living piss out of Orange Cassidy this week?
3: Uh, probably not, but that could be his heel turn. I mean, who, but listen, let's not kid ourselves. Our opinions aside, Orange Cassidy is over with a very large proportion of the AEW audience. So who better for him to turn heel with? Orange Cassidy, but would it be considered heel,
2: or is it like Austin just stomping a mud hole through anybody who's in his way kind of thing? Because that's, um,
1: I think, I think, how
3: Moxley's character. I think, I think Moxley can sell it. I think Moxley can, because right, we've seen it in WWE where they try to turn somebody heel and it just doesn't take you know, Becky Lynch. Let's start with that one, right? I think Moxley, that even if the crowd is on his side, right, Cody and Malachi Black. You can let that one simmer, right? That that one's fine. But with Moxley, I feel like he can come out there and he can be like, oh, you're going to cheer me? Yeah, go fuck yourself, you pieces of shit. And it'll go over. Moxley can pull it off. You can say whatever. You know, I've said it before. I'm not a big fan of his wrestling. But his character, uh, he can get me to hate him. I believe that.
2: Speaking of Cody and Malachi Black, um, Cody is in the ring talking and, you know, Basically gives that John Cena "I'm never gonna turn heel" promo. Basically, it's what he's saying, and and then Andrade comes out, only for you know to kind of be a jumping between all them, and then Pac gets involved. Finally, Um, what's great about this? During the middle of all of this, the crowd starts chanting to Arn while he's in the ring: "Get the Glock, get the Glock." (laughs) yep it's a fucking meme dude it's all the first time we're gonna be talking about a glock this week either that's the best part (laughs) all right we'll move on um but they say the enemy of my enemy is my friend because it looks like that's what we're gonna be getting as well we'll talk about that in just a second let's talk about the main event the elite versus the dark order and the dark order gets the win dark order comes dressed as all different shit uh silver's dressed as bambi um Cole Cabana was dressed as Brandon Cutler. Best part. Him with the the goggles, the, the spray, shield, everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, Stu Grayson looked like he was dressed as Tommaso Ciampa the night before. God of War. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, I, I can't remember who the rest of them were, to be honest with you. But then the Elite comes out as the Ghostbusters. And you got the Marshmallow Man behind him. You've already heard about it. You already saw what happened. Marshmallow
3: Man was Adam Page. Nick Jackson's reaction was, was great. I, I hate to give him credit, but it was a good reaction. All of it was great. Here I thought
2: they paid the money to get the Ghostbusters theme. You actually hear the Elite over the whole thing. Like ah. it, They, they kind of redid the lyrics. Um, it was awesome. I, it, it was, look, at everybody's like, oh, well, look at Adam Cole saying that he left to go to a wrestling company because he doesn't want to do entertaining stuff. I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. That shit was kind of awesome to me. I mean, it's doing it all the time versus, I, I'm to me, he's doing it in fun with his buddies as opposed to being
3: told to go do something stupid. And that's what the problem is. I think this is, reeks too much of Vince McMahon. Well, it's Halloween, pal. You got to dress up in costumes. <laughs> it's good shit. I like I, you, you don't have you can acknowledge it's Halloween without like going over the top again. When he pulled the mask off, the pop, Nick's reaction that worked for me, but as a whole, yep. it was just like, dude, it's Halloween, you don't have to do it now. Again, it's the elite, they're douchebags. I, I get it. So, that part, just the elite doing it fine. The Dark Order needs a rebranding, Brody saved it as much as he could. I really have sympathy yeah. for him. I do love Jonathan Silver. But I do, think it'd be
2: cool if Bray came in, but at this point, you have to do it right off the, uh, off the bat. Do it right away and have him as your new leader, or fo- everybody could follow and him. And some you people can leave. the dark order, you're the buzzers. I don't give a shit. Like, Anything.
3: Silver should leave and do his own thing. Yeah. Cabana should leave. You can keep Grayson and Pizzeria Uno and, uh, you know, <laughs> go from there. I like that. That's a good one. Um, so tonight
2: we got John Moxley and Cassidy in the semifinals. And we also got Cody versus Andrade. And then Friday night, speaking of John Silver, he is facing Adam Cole. Baby. Bay. Now, for full gear coming up, this is what's confirmed. We have AEW world title. That is Kenny Omega versus Adam Page. The tag titles are the Lucha Brothers versus FTR. AEW's women's championship is going to be Britt Baker versus Tay Conti. Uh, you okay, man? Something in your throat. Um,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm still getting over this cold, man. Yeah. We, uh,
2: we already talked about Brian Danielson is in the finals because he beat Eddie Kingston on Friday. And he is in the finals, most likely facing Moxley, as we said. Darby Allen has officially challenged, and it's on against MJF, and here's why I think it's going to be Dan Lambert. You think it's going to be DeSanto's wife. Hey, maybe it's both of them. Who knows? We'll find out, but it's a Minneapolis street fight with American Top Team versus the Inner Circle. A couple other rumored matches are Cody Rose and Pack versus Malachi Black and Andrade... Uh, Del Rio. I think that's his new name. I like because he looks like it now. He's coming out in the gold and all that shit. Andrade Del Rio. Thank you. That's our new thing. Even though you accidentally did it. Adam Cole still rumored against Jungle Boy and CM Punk. Now, I guess, possibly versus Eddie Kingston. I could be okay with. Could be a good brawl match. Um, And rumored also to be the TBS title finals. So, hey. A lot of good stuff, a lot of things that we love, and a lot of things that we like to do each week is bring something to the table. Just bring it, bitch! Oh, my gosh! God. Hand me the keys, you fucking cocksucker.
1: <laughs>
3: Look, I'm going to shit blood Mine
2: tonight. is short.
1: I love that part. (laughs) You okay? Yeah, I'm
2: fine. I'm just going to shit blood tonight. Um, Mine is short and sweet, man. Each week we are already talking about things as we're going in-depth with the Monday Night Wars, and Roddy Piper being back has just sparked an interest into me just loving Piper on the mic again, as always. And it brought me back to wanting to watch the time that he got Vince Russo in the ring and called him out about Owen Hart's death in TNA and having the Basham brothers there. And it was a pretty much a straight shoot. And what I love is he's doing it in character, out of character. doesn't matter. He is a great antagonist on the mic. You see what he does to to Hogan. He asks him a question, pulls the mic away before he even has a chance to answer. Gets in his face, says shit. He, he has a path. He knows it's like A to Z, but... Piper doesn't necessarily go B, C, D. He, he kind of goes A to W to R to T. He's all over the place. He does what he wants, but he knows he has to get to Z, which I love about every one of his promos. Which leads me to say hey, two weeks from today, our top topic is going to be the greatest on the mic of all time. We're going to be talking about the top 20 on the mic. So get ready for that. I'm excited about it, but. Yeah, if you ever need a good rabbit hole, go down a Roddy Piper interview rabbit hole or just anything of him on the mic. What do you got this week?
3: Well, uh, fucking Moose went out to his car, got his other title, and shot on everybody. Um, you-, <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Uh, good references. Have, have you. You've heard it. You've heard it. Oh. And, and if you haven't heard it, just fucking play it.
0: Because now. I have this, which makes me the greatest champion in all of professional wrestling. It doesn't matter how elite you are. It doesn't matter what tribe your chief too. It doesn't matter if you're the boss, the man, a woman, a king, the queen. It doesn't matter what day you hold a title. Hell. You can add a new day to the week. I'm still the greatest champion in all of professional wrestling.
3: So, yeah, he basically just lit everybody up. The Elite, Reigns, Becky, uh fucking xavier woods new charlotte flair new day and basically said he's the greatest champion in all professional wrestling i like moose i don't believe it but he got me close to believing it he cut a hell of a fucking attention. promo listen impact we listen we know impact is not it's it, it's wwe it's aew and i would say it's new japan that's your big three the New Japan thing is hard because for the people in the States, it doesn't have the reach that the other two companies do. Uh, and obviously right. now with everything happening with Ring of Honor, even before that, Impact really is your, next, your third biggest American wrestling company. Um, but God damn, man. God damn. Brought fire. I don't care if it was written for him. He delivered it in a way that it was like I'm basically putting everybody on blast without getting sued. And he fucking did dude, it, dude.
2: I seriously, hundred percent. When I watch, I go, "Oh, all right." I, same thing. It's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like everybody's on ABC, CBS, NBC, and you're over here on Lifetime, being like, "But look what I got! <laughs> you have something good, man. It, 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 that was a good promo." But you're not in a place where people are going to find you each and every week, which sucks. Man. It's a it's damn so shame. A
3: shame. Hopefully, it gets I, the word out. And he gets some exposure, if nothing else.
2: I absolutely love it. You know what I like about him? Big guy. He he can
3: flip you. Flip you for real. Already used it, you dick.
0: Marty! You've gotta come back with me! Where? Back to the future! Wait a minute, Doc. What, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? What, we become assholes or
1: something? Give me that hell
0: yeah! <laughs>
2: you want a war,
3: you're going to get
2: me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God, the
3: Battle line have been drawn! D-Generation X invades WCW tonight. Austin 316
0: says, I just whipped your ass! Have a nice day!
2: I can't feel my legs, David Arquette.
3: I don't know if that really works. I just had to put it in there somewhere, I guess. I mean, Who, it's... <laughs> who is David Arquette? It's supposed to be Turkish. Some say his father was German. Nobody believed he was real. Nobody ever saw him or knew anybody that ever worked directly for him. But to hear Kobe, I should tell it. Anybody could have worked for Arquette. You never knew. That was his power. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. And like that, he's gone. I had a finger up my asshole tonight. <laughs> Is it Friday already?
2: <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to the Monday Night Wars. You want Wars. some, big boy?
1: <laughs> oh my God.
2: It is 11 4 1996. And wow. Wow, 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 wow. We had probably the most, probably one of the most talked about Raw segments of all time. And in Nitro, we get one of my favorite lines I've ever heard that I didn't know existed, and I can't wait to talk about it. But other than that,
3: Roddy Piper's back as well. Here we go. Break it down for us. All right. Well, we get the Austin Brett recap from last week on Raw, uh, and then we got Kevin Kevin Kelly at Brian Pillman's house. Let's not fucking dance. Let's not beat around the bush. I know I got cute with it last week. Pillman's got a gun. This is it. This is Pillman's Got a Fucking Gun. We all know what it is, but we'll go over it as it as we progress. What? Pillman's Got A Gun. A gun. <laughs> um, run
1: away.
3: Run you... away. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Dude, I had that on a single cassette where it was one song on each side of the cassette. I had the whole cassette of Pump, but yeah. So did I. Excellent, so did uh, I, but I bought yep. the single first. All right. So I had the single of Crying. Okay. Move Ooh, on. <laughs> that was off of uh, Get a Grip, but. Nice. Which was, which was a good album. Good album. I was a, a big Aerosmith fan. Uh, I saw him twice. I saw him with uh, Metallica at Silver Stadium, the Mud Bowl. Black Crows opened. Uh, and then I saw him with Black Crows again at the War Memorial. Fucking great show. Fucking great show. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I had Fuel open for them, which was but a oh, phenomenal <laughs> show at Darien Lake. <laughs> um, During the intro, the, the intro packets were off. Somebody coughed. They didn't edit I it out. I caught that.
2: Thank you
0: so much.
2: I caught it, too. I was like, yo, did someone just cough? And I said to myself, I very, very rarely will watch an intro. But I was in the middle of, like, Getting situated in the chair, so I I had it. And I go, yo, did someone just cough? I back it up, and I heard it again. So definitely one of the announcers, or Kevin Kelly, maybe outside of the house. I cracked up the moment I heard that. That was awesome. You know
3: Vince lit somebody up for that one. Uh, Kevin Kelly's outside of Pillman's house. He hasn't gone in yet. Uh, Obviously, Austin has threatened to show up. And they made a point to say that the children are at the grandparents. Jesus, knowing everything you know about fucking Pillman now. Oof. Metheny did look nice, though. Um, all right. So, uh, we, we start with, (laughs) Oh my God. We start with gold Dust versus the stalker. Brian Uh, did too. (laughs) Brian looked nice. (laughs) Sorry. We we, Uh, the stalker has ditched the face paint. Uh, it's just Wyndham now. So, you know, that's, uh, that's something. Um, uh, the rest of the survivor series teams are at ringside for this match. Uh, and uh, so uh, Doc Hendricks uh, interrupts backstage. Uh, he got a call from Austin, who's in his rental car leaving the Cincinnati airport, and he's on his and he says he's on his way to Pil- Pillman's house. Austin sounds terrible on car phone. Doesn't sound like Austin at all. Yeah,
2: I I don't think that. Well, it's that, but I think that they didn't have as good a <clears throat> as technology back then. Um, but it seemed real. Or it, he was, was probably like just just sitting outside Twins. of Pillman's house, like at the road. Uh, but let me say this. You mentioned that we have this match going on. Did you mention who was by ringside?
3: Yeah, I just, much, said, I just said the Survivor Series teams are at ringside for this match. Yes. Which, how often have you heard all the way from Rocky Maivia
2: making his debut at Survivor Series 96? Yo, he's at ringside, and not only that, he got into a squirm with everybody by ringside. I go, what the... Wait, we never talk about this. Yeah, we I know. We never right? talk about that. Never. And when you said that when Austin watched Brett say he accepts the challenge and Pillman goes nuts and you said Mayavia was there, he was. Dude, why aren't we ever talking about any of that? It was Survivor Series 96. What a sham.
3: Yeah, it's fucked up when you think Speaking about it. Speaking yeah. of
2: sham, and I don't mean Sham and the Pharaohs. No, but. <laughs> ooh, music.
3: Never mind. Uh, so I was thinking to... roundabout by yes, but that's okay. I'll be Anyway, so. Boom, but the boom, but the boom. We were talking about, you said Barry
2: Wyndham. One thing I want to throw out there right now, Bray Wyatt has put his name to just Windham on handles. What did I tell you? From what I've seen, but he took everything out of uh, WWE, this, that. Mm-hmm. I want him to come out as just that. Wyndham, think about that. You don't even need a first name, last name. Wyndham, like Prince. just Wyndham. I like dude. it, dude. But like I'm saying, like almost the culmination or ultimate of the Wyndhams. Or man, I hope, just hope, Bo comes in with him. That's what I I just I'm want with to throw you. That out there, you
3: can make well. Bo dark enough. But what we're getting on a side. Well, we'll 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 we'll, we'll I I
2: agree. Okay, back All right. Back to uh, okay. So Austin, this match ends with well, uh Okay,
3: Austin. Says Austin twenty five seventeen says, "I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger." Fucking Austin pulls a Pulp Fiction quote. Fucking great! great I mean, it's fucking great. That got I mean, by, buried and everything. But by,
2: by all means, it is also a real Bible scripture, not it's just not. you know quoting Pulp Fiction. It's not. That's not a real That's Bible not. quote. Nope. It's it's made up. Oh. Guess what? Never read the Bible. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. Ah, I'll,
3: I'll, I like him very I'll, much. I...
2: <laughs> but You're trying he, to tell me Jesus Christ how... <laughs> can't hit a curveball? <laughs> no. All right. Hang on. Hang on. Where I was go- Jesus Christ. I don't even know where I was going
3: with this. All right. Move on, please. All right. It's a double DQ. It's a schmoz. It doesn't matter. Uh, oh. Not the first time that
2: that will be used in the WWE. In '98, I remember Taker <sighs> uses it on Kane Nosh. in build towards WrestleMania 14. He goes to he goes, "I will strike down upon the." But he goes to face you, Kane. Just throwing it out there, it won't be the first time it gets used, but a hundred
3: percent underwhelmingly used. Yeah, by, by Austin, it was passive. I I caught on it though, just because I'm you know I'm a mark so. Oh, uh, totally! No, I caught it. We get the uh, Karate Fighter Survivor Series recap for Doc Hendricks. He goes over the card. Uh, Bearer is going to be uh, in the the shark cage, uh, suspended above the uh, the ring. Uh, they show Superstars where there was an interview with Mankind Bearer and the Executioner, and Taker's on the mic and he lowers the cage and Executioner pulls off the curtain and it's basically an effigy of Paul Bearer hanging by the ankles inside the cage. So spooky. Uh, we're back at uh Pillman's house, and this is where we get it. This is where we says, when Austin 316 meets Pillman 9mm Glock, I'm going to blast his sorry ass straight to hell. That's I mean, one of we the we... very
2: first uh, promos that you did for our show. It was. When, when we finally perfect. started doing characters. I love that one. But uh, as soon as he pulls out and says Glock, I'm like... Eh,
3: And he wrecks that motherfucker.
2: (laughs) He just fucking... Dude, holds it like a man who is protecting his house, dude. All, like, forearm out stance, looking left, right, left, right, just waiting for something to shoot at. And we'll get to something at the very end, but... but, Yeah, I think that's... Do they close Raw with them? Uh, yes. I believe so. Okay, we'll get to that then at the very... Yes, okay, yes. We'll get to that later. Um... Even watching it twenty-five years later, I've seen it many times on quick clips that they show you, but watching in succession from the beginning of Raw to the build-up, the Austin's phone call to now actually entering the house and doing everything. Or no no no. Uh or no, not entering the house yet, but him I was like I'm like pistoling the Glock. Jesus Christ. He told <laughs> I know he's a gun. <laughs>
3: Doing your best, Arne Anderson.
2: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was it was outstanding just to watch the whole the whole build up. So him even pulling out the gun.
3: I have a lot of questionable things on this whole thing, but move on. All right. Uh we got our karate fighters holiday tournament. Uh Sid beat Marlena, just in case you were curious. Uh, then we and go. It, b-
2: it was won by Martina because I like that. Doc Hendricks gets to do not only karate fighters matches for Survivor Series. He also gets to commentate the matches themselves in the karate fighter tournament.
3: Actually, he didn't commentate the matches. They had like a, you know instead of Marv Albert, it was like Harv Albert or something like that. <laughs> um, okay. But he had to, he, either way,
2: it was just annoying. Just, uh, all of this shit is annoying. Uh, after that, we Sad get. Sad thing is, I'm watching it because I'm afraid to miss
3: something, like <laughs> someone coughing during the intro. I know. Right. <laughs> uh, after that, we get Austin outside of Pillman's house beating up Pillman's friends. What I really liked about this, and you can say it was silly because they had that kiddie pool there, which obviously was fodder. But let's be honest in the grand scheme of wrestling, historically, especially with WWE, this looked realistic. As realistic as it could look, this looked like Austin was just literally beating the shit out of Pillman's two friends. He fucking slammed one dude's in the car door. He was running him up against the garage, the hood of the car, the kiddie pool. The dude's shirt was ripped. It looked like Austin was literally going to town on these guys. We don't get that shit anymore, man. It's like Vince
2: found out from USA Network what the limits were, what you could do. <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: right.
2: But, like, that day, they just found out, wait, 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 what? We could – wait, we could nearly show all the boob? Wait, we could pull a gun out? <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on.
3: Well, pretty soon, I mean, we'll probably get, get Sable with the uh, hand pasties over our nipples.
2: Oh, yeah, we're well in heading into We're, some, we're getting some there good, quick. Yeah. Um, so this whole – oh, my God j- – The drowning of the dude. Like, just, (laughs) I was like, he's literally putting his head into this kiddie pool. Yes, it's a kiddie pool, but hey, man, you ever seen What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Old man dies in a fucking kiddie pool. So it could happen, man. Well, he had a cardiac arrest. But either way, awesome beating the shit out of everybody, and it does look real. I have an issue. Every now and then, announcers, including Kevin Kelly, keep screaming, call the police, call the police. Yeah. Bad move, man. Like, did you want police called? Did anybody not learn what happened at the... Even if it wasn't your company, you know they heard about what happened at uh, Universal Studios when NWO attacked everybody at WCW there, and all of a sudden the cops were called. Same situation. People are screaming, call the police. It seems
3: like Austin's going completely AWOL. I agree, but I disagree. I I agree, but my disagreement is... They should have been saying call the cops. Based on the reality that they're trying to push, they should have been like, fucking call the cops. My problem is is that in an hour-long show, the point from which they're like, call the police to the end of the episode, the cops should have been there. And we'll get to that in a little oh, bit. Oh, multiple times. Yeah, they and, and yeah. we'll get to that in a second because Let's they, not they, formic- they try to We pl- don't see them, but there's commercial breaks in this th- thing, too. They try, to, <laughs> they try to play it off. Exactly, exactly. Uh, They do try to play it off, though. Uh, After that, we get the pug versus uh, the Sultan. Nobody cares. It was a squash. We're back at Pillman's house. This is when uh, Austin breaks in. Pillman points the gun, and we lose our feet. Um, after that, we got Jim Ross in the middle of the ring with a WWF podium. I'm not gonna lie; that podium looked pretty fucking cool. I like that with the WWF logo and the two mics. I I dug it. I liked it.
2: Um, if I had only known how, uh, if you'd only known how easy it would fall apart
3: well it, 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 on purpose, but yes, that's okay. Sometimes <laughs> shit. The announce table doesn't fall apart that easy. Sometimes we've seen it. Uh, Randy Orton and the Singh brothers, this remember that looked shit?
2: Like a kid cardboard thing that when, like it has like the little hooks that just go together on it. it, I'm, surprised like it, and it, and it I'm surprised
3: when HBK flexed, I'm surprised when HBK flexed, it didn't fall apart. Uh, but <laughs> we got a recap of Sid power bombing, uh, HBK, you know, uh, about a year ago, multiple times at the end of raw, uh, HBK says to Sid, you know what they say to be the man. you got to beat the man. Wow. Loved it reference.
2: I was kind of fucking I know.
3: loved it. Uh, and then yes, after that, he, HBK knocks the podium down. He basically snapped and it fell apart. Um, Lothario gets well, gets involved. He said that time. he,
2: well, he, he goes, and let's not forget, I'm the one that went to the loony bin to get you out of there. And yeah. I was like, no, man, you looking to die? Oh, shit. I'm like, keep your mouth shut, man. Yeah, it was a little one flew over the cuckoo's nest right there. Uh, hey, co- Sid had probably one of his best nights I've ever seen on promo. I kept being worried because he was like, you're half the man I am. and um, You know what I mean? Like that whole promo, I was kind of getting worried that that was going to happen. Yeah. He did solid. He did solid he did, in this he, segment.
3: He did. He did pretty good. Uh, Cornette ends up showing up with Camp Cornette, uh, and uh, Owen uses the chair on Sid, uh, and then but Sid doesn't see what happens, so he turns around, and by that point HBK has the chair, so that Sid thinks it was HBK. Uh, they clear house and they face off. We basically know what they're doing here, and you know where it's. But going. oh my
2: God, they have to face off next week for the. Is it for the tag titles or just a regular match? Uh, I know it's for the tag titles. Yeah, I hate that that formula. Although at this point, probably wasn't as used as much. So people's kind of fresh, but dear God, the millions of times they use that formula over and over. Yeah, how can they coexist? They're
3: enemies. Yeah, oh, stupid shit. Yeah, you know, you know how it goes. It's I think seven, we need seven, a new
2: segment next year <laughs> or next next season instead of good shit. That's stupid shit. Oh,
3: old tropes. <laughs> uh, next, we get the creepy Freddy Blassie spot again. Jesus Christ. I hope that kid uh, has got his therapy paid for at least. Uh, after that, uh, we still have no feed from <laughs> Pillman's house. They do a recap of what happened previously. Uh, and then we get Marrow versus Fake Racer with fake. God damn it. I, why are we still doing this? Uh, they show. Uh, the There's a reason the... why.
2: Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. Next segment for us. But hang on, there's a reason why we do that. <laughs> it oh, leads oh, okay. to good stuff. No, I got gotcha. you. It leads to. You, oh
1: you, God, you suck. At this it show. doesn't though. <laughs> uh,
3: they, they, they do a preview of a, a little tease of the raw mag. New raw magazine with Sunny on the cover. Obviously not wearing a whole lot of clothes. That's the whole point. Uh, Kerwin, yeah, I got it. Kerwin is in the satellite truck. We've got him on the phone because that's important. The fucking first time in fucking wrestling history, the IT guys on the fucking phone hits a little close to home. The whole time I'm thinking, like, what the fuck? It'd be, like, bringing me on. Rizzo, what's up with the fucking feed, bro? I wish the first thing he said was, well, is it plugged in, Vince? <laughs> you goddamn right that's the first thing I would say. Jesus Christ. Uh, apparently the house lost power as well. Uh, nobody has come out of the house. They thought they heard explosions. Uh, But everybody's too scared to leave the truck. They're spooked. The cops still aren't there. Big surprise. (laughs) And uh, it's not likely that the feed's going to be restored. And then all of a sudden, Kerwin just goes, hey, hey, hey. And the call just drops. Uh, JR rejoins commentary and basically blames Vince for what's happened at Pillman's house. Uh, Fucking a work, but a shoot in the same, like it's weird, like Vince shoots on himself all the time, it's fucking hilarious because it's absolutely true, yeah, I mean, ultimately, yes, this is your fault, you fucking dumbass, um, and uh Triple H and Perfect come out to the ring, Perfect distracts the ref, Triple H knocks Mero off the top, and Razor's Edge for the win, I almost feel like, it, the one thing I thought of at the end of this match was, if you really wanted to take the piss out of Razor, you would have had a Razor lose after hitting the Razor's edge or a kick out. Because the Razor's Edge is a protected finisher. Oh, wow. Why didn't wow. they do that? Why didn't they do that? Do that right away and it makes
2: anything he does in WCW yeah. look weak. Exactly. Wow. Why didn't you do that? Well, that's
1: it's, I'm good for one every once in a while.
2: Five year man. later marketing, but man, that was a smart idea. Wow.
3: All right? Yeah. I can look at you. I'm with you. Okay. All right, so we get a recap of the break-in again, again, and the feed's back, and uh, all of Pillman's friends, there's more of them now, are all holding him back. Austin comes back, and Pillman points the gun, yelling as Austin is dragged away, and end episode.
2: And you watched on the Picat Network. I'm going to go ahead and assume. I watched on uh, My Own Means. Oh, on the live feed. He goes, let him in. I'm gonna fucking shoot him. Drops oh. a hard f bomb in there, man. They wow. oh, real hard. Yeah, it was great. Noise and it was the whole. Melanie sold it, man. The crying, the screaming, like acting like it was she real. Did. Kevin Kelly looking like he's pissing his pants. All of it was just just
3: Kevin great Kelly. TV. Kevin Kelly did play a good bitch. Yeah, and. No fucking cops. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Where the fuck were the cops? All right, man. Let's talk. Oh, let's talk about WCW. Dear all God. right. Uh, we open up. Stings Maybe the cop showed up there. Yeah, stings in the rafters, and then giant Vincent and DiBiase are in the crowd. They're all looking at Sting. Uh, Shivani and Zabisco are at the announce desk instead of at ringside like they typically are, and they have. This is how they said it. And listen. I'm not here to talk about political correctness or anything like that, but even I was a little put off when they said this. They had the ladies' championship. <laughs> the that's anymore. Could you demean that title anymore? I
2: feel like they were trying. Yeah, but it's 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 divas, it's, the,
3: it's the dat bitch championship.
2: <laughs> but the ladies' championship, it's. I feel like it's a step closer to women's than it is divas if it was like the little girls championship oh, or the, the 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 opening card match title you know what I mean like it's a, I think the ladies isn't bad
3: yeah, That's fucking sound like it said the women of the night championship it was, a fu- it was fucking condescending uh but anyway they're gonna have a tournament to crown a new lady a new ladies champ uh, Bischoff, uh, they announced Bischoff's been meeting with Piper to try to sign him for the match with Hogan. And we get a quick recap of the Piper promo. Uh, after that, it's not the first time we're going to see the American males tonight. Uh, and apparently fucking, uh, what's his name is back, but we'll get there. Uh, we get Brad Armstrong versus Marcus Bagwell. Uh, my note for this was they must've had a ton of time to kill cause this match went fucking, forever yeah. forever this match was way too long uh after that Extremely. we get DDP Yep, I agree yeah after that we get DDP versus Ice Train uh we get a recap of DDP's match last week where the outsiders were in the crowd cheering them uh DDP whispers to Nick Patrick before the bell rings uh outsiders are back again uh Ice Train gets pinned by DDP Ice Train kicks out and launches DDP, one of those great spots. I always love that spot when you get a big strong man just launches them right into the ref. Patrick plays it off. Uh, the outsiders end up coming out. They jump ice train. And uh, yeah, ice train's distracted by the outsiders. DDP hits the cutter and boom, there you go. So yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, uh, remember I have that... more to
2: comment on later because uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit
3: later. We'll okay. get there. Remember that week that Joe Gomez took over for Scotty Riggs in the American Males? Yep. Yeah, well, that's over now cuz Scotty Riggs is back. Uh Scotty Riggs is taking on Dean Malenko for the Cruiser They're like White the Center. new day. They <laughs> yeah. they have a lot no, of American Males. No, they're Oh, no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh <laughs> Six is in the crowd for this match. Uh we get the N.W. signs marching through the crowd. Uh we get a little bit of a uh, I guess we're get, you know, we had the uh the Smoking Guns in WWE starting to break up and now it's going to be the American Males because uh, Riggs ends up getting thrown out to the outside, and uh, Bagwell looks pissed off and ends up throwing Riggs back in, and Malenko immediately gets the pin. So they're starting to tease that dissension right there. So, uh, with next that, we- that's uh,
2: why I was holding off my comment. Okay. Okay. Hey, uh, you know, hey, oh. pal, <laughs> I, yeah. all right. okay. I don't have my notes sitting next to me. I forgot, and I, I have to chime in when I'm remembering this. I, rem- I watched all of this stuff, but I just had to. I had to remember a couple of these things here. Um hey hell. During the first match
1: <laughs>
2: during the first match with Marcus Alexander Bagwell, I was like, you know, he joins the NWO at some point. When is he doing that? I'm like, is that later down the road? I go, I can't remember when he becomes like Buff Daddy and all that shit. Yeah, so then the once this match got going, And I watched him get perturbed that uh, Riggs, like, he had to throw Riggs back in the ring. Right. And got mad when he threw Riggs in the ring because he couldn't believe that Riggs was, like, thrown to the outside. And when he put him in there, gave a shit look to the camera, Riggs loses. And And like you said, they're showing the dissension there. So I'm calling him as the next NWO guy, just only because of that. Form pre knowledge, it could be someone else coming in, but I feel like he's probably the next guy going into NWO. Maybe we'll
3: find out.
1: Riggs. Right.
3: <laughs> After that, we get a we get a recap of Eddie and uh, Benoit from the previous week, and then we get the dollar store older Eddie using Eddie's music. Hector uh, Guerrero, sorry, I said that wrong, uh, versus Benoit. Uh, we get a Sullivan promo on Benoit, obviously. We get an NWO merch. Did you merch- hear Zabisco with him on the way to the ring?
2: <laughs> well, there sure are a lot of Guerreros.
3: <laughs> Jeez, dude. Yeah, uh, this is our hour two match. It uh, happens in the middle of it. I always love when they put the pyro off and just during the middle of a match randomly. I wonder if it ever just like took the guys off guard. Um, uh, woman causes a distraction. Benoit gets a roll-up with his feet up on the ropes. Uh, we see Giant in the crowd with the U.S. title, and we get the recap of his promo on Jeff Jarrett the week before. Uh, after that, we get Tanae with... I was with- just
2: going to say the same thing to you that it bothers me. That they keep doing the promo, uh, the uh, pyro during the matches. Yeah, it's if just the match weird. is going on. You can even play the music in the background. Yeah, no need for all for the pyro. For the TV, yes, or exactly. How about this? Do a talking segment, and then that, and then put a match in. But don't keep putting pyro in the middle. It's it's annoying, and like you said to the, I think it's disrespectful to the guys. Yeah, personally.
3: No, absolutely. Uh, All right, sorry. No, 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 you're good. Uh, so we get Tanae with Jeff Jarrett, Benoit, Mongo, Woman, and Deborah. They're starting. They've kind of already done it with the Giant, but they basically are teasing that Jeff Jarrett has been gifted into the horsemen, but none of the horsemen respect him. Jeff Jarrett calls himself the lead horse, but Benoit immediately interrupts him and Mongo backs him up, basically saying, you know, we're waiting for Flair and Anderson to come back. Uh, stings back. He's in the crowd this time watching. Uh, so there's that. Uh, after that, we get, uh, that is where
2: I step in. First of all, can you do me a favor? Oh yeah, absolutely. Since you missed it. Uh,
3: first, can you acknowledge what I'm even wearing today? You're wearing a sleeveless t-shirt like you always do, but it's an NWO shirt. And it looks good. It
0: makes you look (laughs)
2: thin. But during this promo. I hit rewind four, maybe five times. What did I want to confirm. Mongo. Of course. <laughs> Priceless. And I'm going to fucking slow. I, I'm going to say it as he said it first. And then I'm going to slowly say it if you need me to. He goes, oh God, and I can't remember who he was. Who was the promo directed to again?
3: I mean, it was basically or directed the at giant and the NWO. Okay, but it, whoever
2: he mentioned, someone in the back—I don't know who it was—and he goes, "But let me tell you, there, you shit, there on your butts, and I end up doing." Blah, 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 blah. And I go, "What do you say?" He said, "You shit." there on your butts. He went to say sit there on your butts. Uh, and he said, you guys shit there on your butts. And I go, no, he didn't. And I hit back and go, nah. And I crank that shit up and I go, yeah, he did. He said shit on your butts. So it's a good thing that we have a top topic this that week that would take a name on the title or else that would be definitely in the running.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you shit there on your butt. We'll have to asterisk it.
2: <laughs> okay, move on, please. Fuck <laughs> That was my Mongo. quote of the night. You remember how I intro this? I said, you know, you have yeah. the best segment, and then you have... That was my quote of the night, man. When he said, shit on your butts, I go, shit
3: on your butt. Okay. Fucking Mongo. After that, we get Reina <laughs> Jabuki versus Medusa. It's our women's title first round matchup. Medusa wins with a German suplex bridge pin that's her finisher uh and after that uh, during the matches zero shows up with Sonny Ono I'm pretty sure zero's just pulled theo as a different gimmick I could be wrong though uh ultimately I don't think thank you cares. and let me
2: ask you tell me did they I was like hang on a second did we cover
3: yeah we did <laughs> yeah Hog we did.
2: wild. They yeah. just had a fight at Hogwild, yeah. and it was the uh, the motorcycle bullshit that there was like yeah. no winner. Now, all of a sudden, she's here, ringside, name zero. Excellent. Kind of had the gimmick that they gave Dustin Runnels later that he looks like uh, it's Seven, <laughs> the guy from Powder.
1: <laughs>
2: or Uncle
3: Fester, as he <laughs> liked to call it. <laughs> well, yeah, no shit, right? Uh, after that, we get a, a VK Wall Street versus Jericho. Jericho wins with a small package. Hooray. Uh, After that, we get Tanae with uh, Tim Patrick and his lawyer again. Uh, Right after the Jericho match, Jericho, of course, pops in, calls out Patrick. Um, The lawyer goes, "Uh, Chris, Jericho, wasn't your dad a hockey player and wasn't he a goon? And then Tanae Long just comes out and calls Nick Patrick a -a play-a-hater, which is fucking great. Uh, I just loved it. Loved it, loved it. Actually, no. I hated the whole thing. Just hearing Teddy Long say, player "No," hater, but I mean, coming hilarious. from Jericho
2: in '96, that's the player hater is like,
3: ah, "Well, Teddy I Long said that." That's why I, like, I don't care who said it. But uh, and oh, then yeah. after that, we get the re- we get the recap of Sting's appearance during Luger's match, and he's got a rematch against Booker T this week because you know last week Luger just abandoned the match and just ran after Sting. Uh, next, we get Booker T uh, versus Luger the rematch. Uh, Luger has a pre tape promo on Sting. You know, I've been calling you. Huh, hit me up. Uh, Colonel Parker shows up ringside, starts hugging Sherry. And at some point, Parker just gets up on the apron like a dumbass just to hype up Booker. Booker goes to confront him and gets rolled up by Luger. And Sting's been watching the whole time. Fantastic. Next, we get Bischoff on the line. He's in Portland, Oregon to negotiate with Piper. And at first he's like, yeah, it's going good. Piper seems really receptive. And then he goes, but, you know, Piper, you know, is a movie star and he's got management and lawyers and agents. And uh, it's not going as good as we thought it would. Uh, I'm going to be going to Toronto next week. Uh, He's on the set of his next movie. So Uh, so there's that. And then they do what they said they were going to do last week. And they actually replay the promo from Piper. (laughs) They finally actually do it. Jesus, apparently even with that Brad Armstrong match, they had enough time. Uh, And then after that, the ending is pretty much the same ending as last week. Hogan asking for the spotlight with DiBiase, and he cuts a promo. It was about the the Cable Ace Awards are coming up, and you know Trillionaire Ted. No, not Trillionaire, Billionaire Ted. He's going to have a seat up front. We haven't gotten our invites yet, and that's the end of the episode. Really flat Sorry man
2: You all lost to Pillman 9mm Glock I'm you sorry did this Overall week. I don't care You kept I remember it happening When I was younger And you did not Change the channel Because you're like When they come back What's going on You're like Still fuzzy Fuck is that my TV Or theirs Theirs what the fuck Okay I hear, I hear Vince For real That was It was more riveting And, and, and it's funny Because they call out In the beginning of the episode Starting with our new time so I'm not sure what time they started on this episode, if it was three minutes earlier or an hour earlier. Um, but, yeah, so it, I think that Raw definitely took this week only because it was just a fantastic, just keep you watching episode. We, we, I we, we did
3: a music parody. It was that good.
2: Oh, that's true. <laughs> well, one of the things that this show is built on is Top of Wrestling, Top of Movies, Top of Two Awesome Wrestling Podcast Hosts, and of course, Top Topics! Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for...
0: moss-covered, 3 handle family credentials. It's me, Austin. Uh, Just when they think they got the answers, I change the questions. I did it for The Rock. This week's top topic. You know something, me, Gene. Don't see. Wrestling's not fake. Uh-huh. The Rolex. Wearing. one. Diamond ring. Wearing. one. one. Kiss stealing. Woo! Wheel a dealing. What? Limousines flag
2: the following ranking order and final decisions are a completely bias based order Based off the professor and ODM made it and as always, they like to let you know they have not worked in the business but have been lifelong invested fans much like you, are listeners. With not only their opinions involved, but with countless amount of hours of research done each week, they make sure to provide proper facts and history to back it up. However, they do know that your opinion may vary from theirs. If there is anything you want to chat about, bring to their attention. If there is something they missed or forgot, or you just want to let them know they are out of their freaking minds, feel free to shoot them a message on Facebook or Twitter or email them at the top of wrestling at gmail.com. As always, they do appreciate all feedback and continued support. At the of the day, they want to make sure that you do see the best of the best before you die. And now, this week's top topic. Hey, ODM, I uh, did a little research on you. I saw that on uh,
3: last Friday night, you were in uh, Rochester. Yeah. I live in Rochester, Einstein. What do you got, a team of monkeys working around the clock?
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, buddy. I love that whole part. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Woo. All right. You know what? Talk about, I mean, there's a great twist at the end of this movie, but Hey, this week is the top 20 character rebrandings. Now we've already kind of briefly talked about one man earlier today, and we'll, we'll get back to him a little bit later on as he was a part of raw, but not every gimmick or character or Whatever that you want to call it is given to you or that you try works every time. Sometimes things fail or you have to move on and just try new things because you're getting stale. So this week we have 20 character rebrandings that I think we want to say are probably for the better or just in general some of the great ones that, you know, kind of change even wrestling in, in, in some ways. And we'll kind of get to that as we move our way along. ODM, you know that we can't do any form of a top topic unless we're going to have what? That's right. Good job. All right. Yeah, the I I, I, I completely
3: missed that. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> the honorable mention. Come on, man. <sighs> <laughs> Here we go. Do you know if we're going to talk about... You remember, you know, we, we had uh top heel turns, right? Or top turns or whatever it was that we did and we right. said that Big Show was gonna come in like one through one hundred. <laughs> well if you want to talk about character rebrandings and this man could fill a whole list on his own. We could even do a whole list on this man with all of his different characters if we wanted to. Most of them would suck. It's Brutus beefcake. That's right. We have Brutus Beefcake with the Dream Team. You got Brutus the Barber, Booty Man, Man with No Name, Man with No Face, the Zodiac, the Disciple, the Butcher, Brother Brutai, Hogan's friend. Yeah, I didn't write that in there, but I thought that was a given. (laughs) Kind of a given. (sighs) Some of these are cool repackagings. First one is, is... Great because most people didn't know until later down the road unless you had internet or you were able to figure it out by really just I guess having that look and paying attention to some of the wrestlers like kind of like you you knew who Mean Mark was never watched WCW uh, when I was younger so you knew who the Undertaker was before he even was in yeah, WWF yeah, so man. when you see when you see a repackaging like that that's you know it's kind of cool. What's crazy is it took me a long time. Um, yeah, I'll tell you when we get to number 15. That one took me a couple minutes to realize, oh, my God, that's who that was? Oh! <laughs> I like repackagings. All right, so 20. Demolition Smash. Barry Darso. Obviously, you know, we, we all remember him being in the legendary tag team of Demolition with Axe. Later with Crush, and from eighty-seven to about ninety, that's what he was—the face, uh, face paint wearing man uh, with uh, probably one of the best legendary tag teams that's still not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, not that the fucking well, Hall of Fame and WWE yeah, really matters anymore, but yeah, that's true. But you know what I'm saying. But to there, Slims himself down really well to not anybody really recognizing him at all. Only puts a bandit mask over his fucking eyes, cuts his hair, and he is the man that steals shit.
3: He is the repo man. Shout out to Simon at What Culture. It gets in up. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that's like Simon's oh. favorite running gag? Is the yep. repo man? <laughs> it
2: is. It's I love it. Honestly, I think it's it was a funny gimmick when I was younger, I, when I was starting to, you know, I was a f- already a full-time fan at this point, and they had a bunch of stupid, funny gimmicks, but this one, we, it was funny because he was coming down to the ringside, side. like, if Barber was in the ring, he would take his scissors, if Snake was- He had the was, sack, he had Snake the was, sack was, over yeah, he, his <laughs> shoulder, too. <laughs>
3: he was awesome! He was, like a tier, so, he was like a tier three Batman villain. Okay.
2: Okay, I like it. He l- dressed like he would be the lackey to every Batman villain. That's what I'm like saying, if, tier if there three. There was like 70 of them, and they all, thank you. Okay, I like that. Coming in at number 19, one of my favorite uh, transformations or character rebrandings, um, and I think it was just the guy becoming himself, really, is we had Brother Ray. All the way from the ECW days, all the way up to, I'd say, about 2012, he was Brother Ray, Bubba Ray, Devon and him obviously controlled the tag team division from most of the 90s early 2000s goes over to TNA still doing things as the as Team 3D eventually becomes the leader of uh Aces and 8s and,
1: 8s, and
2: yeah, is Bully Ray and god I love the name I I don't know why it just as soon as he turned into that it became just became a major badass. Passes and he the was name great test. Great on the mic. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I love that. Um, and my favorite thing is every time he got on the mic, "Do you know who I am?" And then listen off all of his accolades. He was great, man. I, I think it was a great repackaging overall, and gave longevity to his career. I mean, who would have ever thought that brother? Uh, Bubba or uh, Bubba Dudley would be a main event world champion in any promotion. Give him the mic and give him reigns to be what he wants to be. I thought it was a great thing. I love that was. I think WWE missed the mark on him not being able to ever do that. There, that was that would have been a great option for them. Number eighteen. This guy's been through a couple changes. Uh, Matt Hardy you all remember him as, first, a lackey as the uh, door-opening guy for the King of the Ring tournament. 95. But once him and his brother... Yeah. Yeah, uh, 95, yep. And then uh, once him and his brother make their way into WWF at the time, they are becoming Team Extreme, the Hardy Boys. And all the way up until about 2002. And then we get the draft. And... We get Mattitude. We're getting Mattitude facts. We have, I believe, Shane Helmsley who was following him around all the time as his little stooge or lackey. Uh, It was awesome because he played a dick character really well. Then, kind of gets fired by WWE because of the whole Edge sticking it to Lita. But then they bring him back because he's so over... He is so over that they bring him back in a shoot style with him jumping into the ring and calling out, not Edge, calling out, not Lita, calling out Amy and Adam, calling them by real names, mentioning earlier's topic, Ring of Honor, mentioning Ring of Honor this weekend because he was at the pay-per-view that weekend or whatever show that they had because I think they're, each one of their shows were uh, not necessarily pay per view, but uh, website type pay per view. So we'll call that character rebranding. In that time, it's the never die attitude. That's because that's because of what it was. The the Matt Hardy never dies, and he wrote that out into basically TNA for quite some time until we got Big Money Matt and Broken Hardy. We'll say that that was probably 2013, 2014, really to present day. We're now circling back to basically big money Matt, which is what he's doing in AEW. But the guy puts his character use to work. And one of my favorite things is him doing pretty much every one of the characters in that stadium stampede when they kept putting him underwater
3: and he kept coming back as a different version of himself. It was silly, but that was silliness I could deal with. Here's my thing with the whole Matt Hardy thing. A lot of people out there might say that he belongs higher up on the list, but here's the thing. Matt Hardy, essentially, since he started with Jeff, was over. The rebrandings that he did were more a testament to his creativity than the change in his perception by the crowd. Right? So his rebrandings were brilliant. Creative mind. I like it. It was a creative mind. But ultimately, it didn't really increase his popularity. It more maintained his popularity. I like that. It kept him relevant.
2: Absolutely. Yes. You know, kind of like there just saying with Bully Ray, talking about something that keeps you relevant for there sure. This one, uh, the consistent change did for sure. Yep. Cause it's true. I don't think I would have really gave a shit about Matt Hardy in any other way because Jeff was the guy that everybody always liked. I was a Jeff Hardy mark. You know what I mean? Um, Number 17 was one of those ones that when you found out, you're like, oh, I'll be goddamned. Wow. That's what he's doing today. And I remember first seeing Johnny Polo. As the manager of the Quebecers. Fucking curly-haired dork that you just want to punch <laughs> in the face. He was a loudmouth. And then just a year or two later, and he is in ECW running things as Raven. You yep. got the Raven's flock. And then they get over to WCW, and he continues that on. And still to this date, that is exactly who he is, Raven. Best character change he could have ever done. I don't know. I actually don't know the story behind it. I'd love to listen to some shoot interviews behind him. um, Or, or, or not behind of him. Because, was it his idea to go? That exact grunge look? I mean, it was perfectly in at the right time, too. I mean, you're talking about Metallica, Pearl Jam, Nirvana. Everybody's wearing, like, just exactly what he was coming out to the ring in. Leather, flannels, baggy jeans. And looking like a fighter? He was a... Douchebag when he was with the Quebecers. He was wearing like oh, yeah. wooden plastic hats, looking like he was gonna go and uh, do croquet. Ah, oh, love the transformation. I thought that was great. So that who comes? That's who comes in at number seventeen. Number sixteen. Here's one that you could probably remember back in the early days of WCW when you're talking about Mean Mark. Right around the same time, I did get a small glimpse of him when he was in WWF for a quick cup of coffee when he kind of teamed with his father uh, against like million dollar man. I think it was, Uh, but Dustin, he was the natural in WCW teaming with Barry Windham, which we talk about quite often being what one of the awesome tag teams at that time. Uh, Very underrated. I will, I will say, I still wish that that's what they did, man with Adam page, instead of putting him with all that Kenny shit, put him with Dustin, have them be a tag team. That would have been way better, but yeah, so he did that you know, for quite some time to about 94. And then I don't know how long it took most people to realize that he was gold dust. You know what I mean? Like to go, Oh my God, that's who that is. Until he finally started, they started kind of calling it out in kayfabe ways or, or breaking kayfabe, if you will, um, on television. But for the most part, he wasn't gold dust, Dustin Runnels or Rose or anything like that. He was just gold dust. So it was, I think it wasn't until him and Marlena break up that they finally start to bring out up that he is a part of the Rose family. So this is uh, it took me to probably almost about that long, to be honest with you.
3: I don't know about you. Probably about the same. Yeah. I mean, you know, gold, it was such a departure from being dusty Rhodes kid. Cause I mean the natural, that's pretty much what it was. It's like, we're going to take, we're going to take this, you know, it's funny. Cause Vince took, the American Dream and my polka dots, uh, <laughs> but with Dustin, you know, it was pretty much it's fucking it's an extension of Dusty, uh, so yeah. And then to go the complete opposite was just yeah. There's no reason you'd ever suspect that.
2: I I often think about the whole polka dot thing. I'm like, Vince was it was to be a, a dick, dick to him or whatever? Oh, he was but a dick I'm like, to him. I don't know.
3: Yeah, he yeah. was.
2: But. He was still over his fuck at that point, man. In that time, in that era, he was cheered equally as much as Hulk Hogan in the WWF, I remember, because I was one of them. Now, I mentioned number 15 a couple of minutes ago. This is the one I'm talking about. For many years, for the early 90s, all the way up to about 96, everybody knew him as Cactus Jack. Because he was the guy that was in those Japanese barbed wire matches. He was the guy that was... Fighting in WCW against Sting and Vader. That's who I remembered him as. You put a fucking weird leather mask on him and shave half of his head? I didn't realize it was him. I swear to God, for several years, I didn't realize mankind was him until they called it out on TV. And I go, I'm almost too embarrassed to say that to people. (laughs) Even at that time, I'm like, who else knew? Because I didn't. That's, wow. Wow. Great repackaging, I thought. Yeah, I mean... Gave him a deranged character that we are obviously in the middle of still talking about Game changer right
3: now. Game changer. Total. Not
2: just to him, but to wrestling. Wrestling in general, yeah. Yeah. Because he brought a very different side to things, of
3: Undertaker course. Undertaker doesn't have um, his status if it's not for that.
2: Totally agree. No, he, he needed that guy right there. Who else could... There he was nobody else. In that era there. was right nobody there. else. Yeah, absolutely. How how much could you have gotten out of him and gold dust? Yeah. Right? It would not have gotten the longevity of this. You're no. absolutely right. And just if you thought you were going to get a little bit touch of mankind, or get a little bit uh, touch, kind of sick of mankind. You want to touch mankind? You start talking about... <laughs> <laughs> I want to shit on butts. Um, <laughs> sorry, Mongo. Um... So, you have, uh, he, we start getting the story of Mick Foley. And they start talking about his home videos and how, back in the day, his indie videos, he was dude love. And he had the heart on his chest. And they make it come true by, like, SummerSlam 97. He rips the shirt open against uh, Triple H in a cage, dives off, and uh, does the whole reliving his dream. But then they make that whole character a real... Hippie thing, man, and it's quite some shit, and I can't wait to relive it. I mean, it's going to take us some time, you know, almost a couple years till we get there, but it'll be exciting to finally get to dude love. Coming in at number 14, talking about uh, kind of the same era guy, someone that he had to fight with quite a bit, Steve Austin. Again, another guy that you had in the early 90s who was probably one of the best wrestlers, workhorses, and that'll anybody who will tell you who fought him in that era, being from Ric Flair, uh, Ric Flair to Arn Anderson, uh, Ricky Steamboat, everybody who fought him in that WCW era said that Steve could hold his own in the ring. And so we had him as the Hollywood Blondes to Stunning Steve. Again, I like to call this a quick cup of coffee with the ringmaster, and then we finally get what we're seeing right now, the birth of Stone Cold Steve Austin, which, present day, still nothing has changed. It's a character. You know, I, I was going to say with Goldust, yeah, you know, he did have Seven or whatever that thing was, and he was also uh, Black rain, and TNA. I'm like, eh, it doesn't count. We'll just talk about Goldust. Yeah, but well. Stone Cold carried this thing all the way from 96 to, it is 2000, almost 22, and the man is still Stone Cold Steve Austin. Number 13, I think this is pretty significant, and that's why I think it made the list, personally. This may be a a debatable one by some people, but I think it was kind of very significant by any woman ever, to be honest with you, um, to really get everyone's attention, especially how she did it in a weird way by calling herself what she did, and it's so fucking weird. But anyway, you have Becky Lynch. She was just the Irish last kicker, right, from about 2014 to 2018, and then she became... The man, broken face from Nia Jax later, and she is over as fuck. Still running the man moniker today and getting booed more than she did when she was just a last kicker. No one's buying this gimmick with her but since she's been back. I don't care.
3: No, I think they're buying no, we, it. We, I think. See, I mean, it, it, I mean, here's the thing. It was here's and it's it's classic WWE. She was the last kicker. They try to turn her heel. She gets her nose broken by Nia Jax. She's over as fuck. She's basically the female Stone Cold Steve Austin at this point. She leaves on pregnancy leave. Okay. And it, it was great the way that they did it with the whole Oscar thing. Uh, fucking one of my favorite moments Really? the previous year. Congratulations. Yeah. I, I fucking, fucking great. And I'm not
2: mocking her anyway. Yeah. I just love that whole scene, how she gets so really? overwhelmed. And she's like, oh, my God. She, I fucking it, it, love Oscar watching that whole thing. It, I was like, that's real. Good for, moment.
3: For once, your sports entertainment actually paid off. But now she's yeah. back, and now she's doing the Johnny Drip Drip Seth Rollins thing. And now people now she's starting to get that X Pac heat. It's not the heat that you necessarily want, but it is working. But you're absolutely you. right. This 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 rebranding is significant because I mean, we're not trying to sit here and be like, you know, virtuous people that are, you know, fighting their good fight. But let's be honest, in the landscape of women's wrestling as a whole, this is one of the most significant moments right here. It was I organic. We
2: think it died the very moment. I don't know, man. I feel like the raw after WrestleMania 35, the moment that they actually started pairing her up with Seth Rollins and stuff, and making that yeah. all come to light, they had her against. Oh my God, who is the uh, the blonde in the sailor's outfit? Whatever her name was, I. Uh, she was teaming with. Barry. Oh, Lacey I don't really Evans. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, exactly my point. Once that all happened, I was like, well, there goes all that, you know, natural uh support or heat, anything you want to call it. It's all gone. You guys let it go. That was stupid booking. So, whoosh, goodbye to her. Number 12. God. Some of these are like I didn't know he was that at that point and and you move <laughs> on with some of them. Uh Papa Shango coming in at 91, 92. Kind of fucked up WrestleMania 8's main event a little bit there, but, you know.
3: yes, yes, yes.
2: Well, yeah, Uh, but repackaged to Kama Mustafa a couple years later being a part of Million Dollar Corporation. I like that. I did, too. Uh, Million Dollar Corporation also being a part of uh, Nation of Domination, and then became a motherfucking PIMP and had a hoe train following him every week. Loved it absolutely. It was a great repackaging because it was perfect for that time. Everybody was edgy. He could have said anything about marijuana, and the crowd went fucking nuts. He talked about blunts, talked about smoke, talked about bongs, talked about banging bitches. Guy was over as fuck. I didn't mean that. I didn't like that was hers. Don't give me that. <laughs> that look. came I'm out wrong. Saying. That's not. I, <laughs> okay, number eleven is, I think, you know, pretty significant for sure. Triple. It's, uh, one
3: of, uh, the biggest, uh, changes, uh, of, uh, character, uh, sorry, was that too over the top, uh, uh, yeah, I like over <laughs> the top, uh.
2: you know, we, we, most of us were introduced to him in WWF, but, uh, obviously he did his stints in WCW as many of we, as we've already talked about, oh, but yeah. Mainly getting on the scene in '95 as Hunter Hearst Helmsley, having some hog pen matches, having a couple of weird fucking oh, matches God, like Hulk that. But pen then eventually, I yeah, yeah, I, I bet he'd like to forget that too. <laughs> um, but then, obviously, in '97, becoming Triple H, buddy of Shawn Michaels, and then Shawn takes off the back injury and he says, "I'm gonna put my dick in the boss's daughter." Sometimes. <laughs> Never mind, I'm gonna I could have kept that going. <coughs> My throat can't handle it. And perfect segue, speaking of his buddy, Shawn Michaels. I mean, he was a high flying rock and roller of the Rockers, the Midnight Rockers with Marty Gennetti, and then the Rockers. And I think just when it got just stale enough, I think at the right time WWF pulled the trigger. You didn't get too sick of them. People liked them. It was it the right time to do it because they had been together for so long? Barber shop window later, and we get the heartbreak kid. You know, we have variations from, like, 1992 all the way to today, right? But at yeah. the end of the day, it's the same prick. Same guy. It doesn't matter if he's... Like, even when he became face, it's like they never said, well, I'm a good guy now. No, He was still he was as, as flashy and dickish. I mean, listen to him talking to... Uh, Sid right now saying, I took you out of the loony bank. God, that's kind of a heel remark in a way. So, yeah, same guy as ever. Same as it ever was.
3: Same as it ever was.
2: <laughs> and coming in at number nine, you know, number 10 was the, the son he never had, always wanted, but it's number nine, Vince McMahon. Oh, come on. You know, he wanted Sean to be a son <laughs> from like, well, basically the 80s all the way to 97 we'll say basically until it was full blown outed and I would say it wasn't full blown outed until the whole uh Montreal screw job I think they kept dancing around it so all the way a, till then about a year from now exactly and they're dancing with they're playing with it right now but still monsoons making the matches things like that or matches are popping up and they're not saying by anybody at all they're not, definitely not mentioning Vince. Um, but it went from the broadcaster all the way to Mr. McMahon. And that character from 97 on has not changed. I don't care what you say. He's still the same guy as some guy as we're talking about how Sean has been. Once that change happened, it was for the better. Whether you love him or hate him, great character. Vince is – and it's funny because even when he's full-blown heel, you hear his music, the people go ape shit, man. You oh, want yeah. to see Vince because he's creating what you're watching – Love or hate the product, if you're there, you're in support of Vince McMahon. He's a living embodiment. Oh, I'm sorry.
3: No, no, it's fine. He's the living embodiment of why you need baby faces and heels, clearly defined. Because Austin doesn't have the punch that he has unless McMahon's not there.
2: Oh, no, you're you're 100% right. And I'm one of those guys, I don't want to say it, but I think that Austin is... I don't want to say overrated because, I mean, he was a merchandise seller. He was a ticket seller. He was everything seller. He was great at what he did. But in a way, I'm like, if Triple H acted the exact same way and and did that, and would we have all cheered the same way? I'm just wondering. You know what I mean? It's like who was behind the the engine of it. But at the same point, I'm not saying that he's overrated. I'm just saying the perfect antagonist that he needed to have fighting him 100% was perfect to be – Mr. McMahon, you, you hit that spot on. Number eight, I don't think anybody was expecting this one. You know, we already talked about Mean Mark earlier. And, you know, from about 90 to 99, we had the dead man, the Undertaker. We've seen him die and get resurrected like 47 times. We just saw his arm come up after the Buried Alive match. That's not even the first time he's been buried and dead. think he did in 94 at Royal Rumble. And then we had to wait for him to come back with the, his... Uh, facing off against the the dual Undertaker at SummerSlam. Uh, But then we get the American badass showing up in 2000 at Judgment Day, coming out to Kid Rock, by the way. Interesting. And then later we switch that to Rollin', Rollin', Rollin' with Limp Bizkit. Not sure which one was worse, better, worse. But he uh, stays that American both.
3: badass character. Actually, you know what? Yeah. I'll probably listen to Roland once we get done with this podcast. But I ain't listening to Kid Rock. That boy could go fuck himself. Wow, that's fake where we ass. differ a little bit. Okay, fake ass po' wow. boy.
2: <laughs> Are you not down with being ball what a ba a bang to bang, diggy biggy diggy, set the boogie and up drop the boogie?
3: I'm down with put my fucking Tim's right in his fucking jaw piece. You should have been like, "I'm gonna do things my way." It's my. It would have been more biscuit <laughs> It's my anyway. way on the highway. <laughs> They're both. Oh, uh, anyway,
2: but um, thankfully, <clears throat> Rooney. Thankfully, in a while, still being American badass, he loses a buried alive match in 2003 at Survivor Series to finally come back, resurrected against Kane at WrestleMania 20, officially the Dead Man, and that's what he goes out as. Well. Kind of, almost with the badass Mark Calloway character that he did at the uh, the
3: final match there at WrestleMania 36. He, he, he became a meme. If he wasn't, he's, he's been a meme several times throughout his career, and he ended as being a meme again. It was great. We're right where he shows up behind uh, AJ Styles on the tractor. I'm
2: laughing right now because the most recent one, is the Mariah one, trying to enjoy Halloween and Mariah Carey's behind. <laughs> <laughs> you're right he's a fucking meme yo go out a meme you went out a legend excellent 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 reference
3: that's the episode cover right
2: there for this week (laughs) oh my god oh good call oh yeah Oh, okay i'm with you all right here we go um here here we go number seven sorry sting we go from 80s all the way to 96 he is surfer sting and as we've just seen right now, he is transitioning into Crow Sting. Now, here's something that I put a little mix to, my own little uh, interest, and I personally feel this way. Crow Sting was very silent and uh, was more about coming in, fighting, and taking off. And he did that for several years in WCW, but when he got the TNA, it was kind of a mix of both the Surfer Sting and Crow Sting. Had the paint, but still had the, kind, the, the talking, the wooing, the... Right, uh, the yes. energetic feel yep. of Surfer Sting. So I, I think it's kind of been a mix ever since.
3: Yeah, transition was pretty good. I like. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, number six, probably one of the more interesting ones I've ever seen for transitions. Uh, Justin Hawk, as we're seeing him right yeah. now, also been a Blackjack. You know, from '95 to '97, turns to APA, and people are like, "Oh my God, I'm actually cheering." for Bradshaw. It's weird. We're going to attribute that to to Farouk, but that's cool. It's APA. I he love was him. open APA. Was and then goes full-blown douchebag by becoming JBL in 2004 after the draft. And who can you pick the biggest fight with to make everybody mad? Eddie Guerrero takes the world title from him just as everybody was so happy with Eddie taking the title. Um And he's still been that douchebag bully ever since. That's as much time I'm giving on that
3: guy. (laughs) I don't (laughs) blame you. You have something to say. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just going to chime in here. This is where I do a little bit of shuffling. One, I hate JBL. I agree with you a thousand percent. Him converting from Justin Hawk, Bradshaw, slash Blackjack to the APA. The APA was a huge one because I loved him in the APA. It was a perfect tag team. It really worked. It was great. Even when they went Disciples of uh, Darkness to fucking, you know, just stand alone, like, you know, freelance. Absolutely. I agree. That was fantastic. But I would put JBL more at eight. And then Sting and Undertaker is a weird one because Sting took such a drastic change, and it was so monumental, especially him, his standing in wrestling, and to the time that everything was happening. The Undertaker... Was basically just from the dead man to American badass to dead man. American badass was basically just Taker gaining a bunch of weight and having to do something different. Um, but the, I'll ride on my motorcycle but, if I can keep eating my Oreos. Yeah, right. But the subtle iterations <laughs> of the dead man from purple gloves to black gloves to cutting more promos to modern day dead man where there was a little bit of badass in there were a lot subtle. So. Sting and Undertaker, they're different sides to the same coin. Uh, two of my favorite wrestlers ever. So those are interchangeable to me. Uh, but I would put JBL behind them personally. Otherwise, Fair uh, enough. I'm on course.
2: Well, that's why I texted you ahead of
3: time. All right, we are at our final five. I, 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 purposely, <laughs> I purposely did that just to fuck with you. Dickhead.
2: Well, we are going to be talking about our final five and we're going to breeze them through because I got to take a piss. Here we go. We're talking <laughs> at number five. You know what? He went from like Southern. Southern swamp... man. Oh, no. Wait. Sorry. Yeah, man. Hey, down by the swamps in Louisiana, man. Bray Wyatt. The 2012 <laughs> starting the Wyatt family, brother. And then rocked it all the way through. Um, did some you know variations of what Bray Wyatt was at that time. And then in 2018, holy shit, The Fiend comes out at uh, SummerSlam against Bray Wyatt in complete uh, scary mask form. But prior to that, we're getting all those, we're so glad that you're our friend. He was doing these peewee playhouse type segments man and God damn now you can't tell me a man going from Bray Wyatt who's got the whole world in his hands
3: twisting into this thing I thought it was one of the best rebrandings of all time. Yeah, it was certainly extreme because I mean similar to the Undertaker it was the, the you know the cult leader Bray but with subtle changes along the way and then just a quick departure into like fucking absolute chaos. And then, you know.
2: Which I hope it when he comes out is just Wyndham. It's back to
1: yes. Louisiana
3: Slop. Wear Ray the fucking Wyatt, leather maybe. hat with the fucking Hawaiian shirt and all I want to hear. All of it. All I want. You know what I want to happen? Lights go out during a match and all of a sudden you just hear,
2: Run. Run. here, oh. Run. I'll take either. Oh, man. See? We're getting excited. Could be tonight on Dynamite. Who knows, Jeez- man? Contract's ready. Jesus. It better be. Uh, number four. You know, this guy, I could have went up or down in several areas on this, man, especially down. But I got to say, went from many different ways. Went from saying things like, don't be a hater." next with uh, Teddy Long. Was- no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, but Chris Jericho, the Ayatollah of rock and Rolla, And carries Come that on, gimmick baby! very well. <laughs> carries the gimmick all the way through the 90s. Um Especially even into WWE. Still the same kind of gimmick, whether whiny, mad, whatever the case was, he was still the same guy, great on the mic. Um, but it really didn't make a bigger change until about two thousand eight when I saw it all break down. He became the suit heel persona guy basically and it money became with Yeah, but way better educated. Oh my God. The, the way the words that he was using, it was just fantastic. That's how they got a promo. Like people have to look in a dictionary kind of like after a Bray Wyatt promo, you're like, what the fuck does yeah. that mean? I don't even know. Um, but with Jericho, I saw it all break down because as soon as Flair retired, Batista was mad at Michael's for it and being like, you shouldn't have retired him. He wanted to have a match with him. And Michael's feigned a knee injury at the match with Batista but it gets a quick super kick in, gets the pin, but Jericho is the ref, and he's like, ah, I like how you do that. And that's how that whole thing began with him and Michaels. He's trying to call Michaels out for being a liar, and then all of a sudden you put, he puts his head through the Jeritron, and next thing we know, suit every week for several years. Until he comes back, faces Punk, and now we have, what, the Painmaker. We got inner circle Jericho. We've gotten a lot of great personas out of him. We it, got
3: man. fat gut Jericho. <laughs> we, got, we got vince Neil
2: jericho i saw a great <laughs> meme the other day it said uh the trick is to tell or the good thing is to tell a girl on uh whatever like if you're hitting on a girl with uh whatever app tell her you look like chris jericho the trick is not to tell her which era <laughs> love that
1: <laughs>
2: the final three talking about a man that we've just seen on Raw who's officially hasn't uh, apparently debuted in any way on TV, but apparently right. he's going to in a couple of weeks at Survivor Series. But Rocky Maivia, son of High Chief Peter Maivia, and, or uh, grandson of him and son of Rocky Johnson. You know, what's crazy is I never anticipated this guy to really be much when I saw him be the mid Carter that he was in the 90s. And then they put a mic on him, let him be a heel, gets into the nation of domination and cuts so many badass heel promos that people can't help but cheer him. Fuck it. He's a face. Even when you try to turn him a heel again, nope, we're going to keep cheering for him. It was like the Eddie Guerrero thing. They tried turning him heel. Nah, we're going to cheer for him.
3: That was nice. Good try. And we still like the Rock man. Life being full circle puts over Jericho. The previous entry on his way into WWE. You're right.
2: He definitely does, especially on his way out to, to Hollywood. Definitely takes, a, he definitely put Jericho over in a huge feud. All of 2001 was them back and forth in some great matches. And then, of course, him leaving to head out after Vengeance. Good call. Two Ooh, greatest like on the mic. Nice reference. Ooh, two weeks from now, baby. Two weeks. Oh, We've already talking about three with Roddy Piper. See, I
3: pay attention. Um,
2: coming at number two, I think this is probably one of the biggest transformations of all time that no one saw coming but needed to happen if this guy ever wanted to survive in wrestling Hulk Hogan the real American from the 80s to 95 was the real American and you know in that doing everything the 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 prayers, the vitamins for the kids, the red and yellow, no matter what company he was with, even when he got into WCW. But it got stale real quick because people are like, oh, shit, you're doing here what you did there. This isn't fun. Until the outsiders show up. And I think right now the rest is history with everything we're talking about recently, right? I mean,
3: not to go too deep into that. You, you, You fucking nailed it. This dude was on his last legs. He was irrelevant. Yeah, he was literally irrelevant. He was getting booed out of the building. You could you could change it from X Pac heat to Hogan heat, but his reinvention would have been his reinvention was a second career. Yeah, so much to the point that when he came back to WWF,
2: everyone was cheering the balls out of him that he was over as the heel at WrestleMania. It was another double turn. Was one of the.
3: It was another double yeah. turn. Yeah
2: on accident yeah no the first one i think was, it was meant toronto. to happen it was toronto so that's yes. expected no but toronto turned them in a way but yeah oh fantastic um you know so we're down to number one and hey man i hate to do this to you you're gonna hate that i'm doing it for the first time ever you missed it hit the fucking music
0: the bills make me wanna shout kick your heels up and shout throw your hands up and shout throw your head back and shout come on now the bills are making it happen now stand up now come on and shout
3: Felt good. I've never done that before. That's awesome. Hey, hey, props to you, man. I I fucked up. I fucked up.
2: Tell me Josh Allen waving goodbye to that player didn't make
3: me go. The ref scalding. The ref scalding. I'm like, you shouldn't do that, young man. Josh Allen's like fuck that dude. It was more fun, he's like, I'm saying goodbye. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) Number one, come on. We've talked
2: about it already <laughs> earlier. You had the fake Diesel and fake Razor. But before he even was fake Diesel, he was Isaac Yankum.
3: <sighs> hey, why wasn't Festus? On God, that list? was a
2: horrible gimmick. I don't even want to talk too much about that. Becomes fake Diesel, and you're like, this guy's got to be fired at some point, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they're like, wait a second, wait a second. You kind of look like Undertaker in size. Your muscles are the same. Wait a second, could you be his brother? And it's funny because it used to be Kane, the undertaker. That's who undertaker Uh, was back in his early days. Yes. Yes. Uh, dark. And like when they were try, trying it out. Yep. Dark matches. Yep. So they say, well, let's go back to that first name. Kane. Awesome name, obviously. And the rest is history. Of course, as soon as bad blood happens in 97. Now, We've had different variations of Kane. We've had some comedy versions of him with being with RVD to Daniel Bryan. We've seen him be destructive and throwing Zack Ryder off of a stage in a wheelchair. We've seen him set Jim Ross on fire. We've seen him bang a uh, corpse. Nope, nope, that was Triple H H with a mask that looked like Kane. Hang on, that was close, that was close. But honestly, you want to talk about a change or a rebranding for the better? Dear God, you want to talk about someone that was probably on his last leg of being a jobber. Holy shit. Good thing that he fit the mold of... And good thing... Again, you want to talk about... Okay. You have a Taker and, and Mankind and beat the piss out of each other for the last couple of years. What are we going to do? Who else could we have him fight? Man, we need a big guy. How about us... What if he had a brother? Someone that's just as destructible or indestructible and as destructible as him. Made them both, man. And I honestly one of the best changes ever and Kane's probably one of my favorite wrestling characters of all time. And I mean that as a character, a guy that can't be
3: beat, loved it. As an Undertaker mark, it was the good it was it was the necessary adversary. Right? We've talked yeah. about it already on this show already. You need somebody to go against. Austin couldn't have been Austin without Vince. Undertaker was already beyond well-established at this point, but Kane, Kane brought the longevity to it. Kane was that next step, the thing to keep it fresh, the guy who was a legitimate contender. And from going a guy that was a dentist and a jobber, I mean, that's a huge leap right there. And he's a fucking mayor how governor or something now.
2: I know. How shizzy is it, though? Hey, uh, we don't have anything for you, but how would you like to play a character that <laughs> was just here recently that is now working for another company? What? You know, it's funny how you say, like, well, it's a paycheck. you know, Kane needed taker and, you know, certain guys need certain people. Hogan and Rock just needed the crowd to hate him. That's all they needed as adversaries during the, uh, or, you know, their counterpart when it comes to that. I mean, who else could Hogan have been against in that NWO thing? You need to be against the entire crowd. Perfect. Let's just fucking drop a leg on, on Savage. He's still Beautiful. getting garbage thrown at him every week. Yeah. Oh, on TV now. I'm like, well, that's different reasons years later. No. A tape came out. I'm not sure if you heard about that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Love well,
2: that's all the time we have this week. <laughs> We're going to run out of here because it's been a long episode. It's been a long top topic. And that's right. The professor's got to take a piss. And as I told you at the beginning of the episode... I'm dehydrated, and when it happens, it gets all snotty and gooey and thick, and it gets weird, but ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you hanging out again. In two weeks, we have another top topic, and it's going to be what we talked about earlier, the top 20 on the mic, and a couple of weeks after that, we're going to have our final top topic of the year and the season finale. That's right. This one's in the book. Only four more to go for this season. It gets weirder from here, folks. Thank you so much. I bid you you the or a farewell. My name is the Professor Mark Fantasia. Thank you so much for listening as always. And ODM loves to leave us with his movie quote of the week. And you know what? One of the best characters you could have been in the Attitude Era was a pimp like the Godfather. And I think that's how he should leave us this week. As a Godfather
3: pimp. Ladies and gentlemen, ODM. You realize like the last six weeks have just been me speaking in my regular voice doing this. I'll try my best though. Then be a pimp. Be a pimp. (laughs) You get no immunity from me, you piece of shit. Every criminal I have put in prison, every cop that owes me a favor, every creeping scumbag that walks the streets for a living will know the name of the Godfather. Now... You talk to me or that precious immunity that they seem so fit to grant you won't be worth the paper the contract it puts out on your life is printed on. Where' are my hose at? Oh let's roll a fatty for this pimp daddy!
0: Is
3: Now that's how you fucking transition. That's how you transition right there. All right, I gotta take the driver's head. I'll be back.
1: David the world the world